hurt one person, you get 10 years in prison, but if you hurt millions of people, you get your name on a building. Ah, uh, that's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez with another nugget of wisdom. Her historical knowledge is, shall we say, rather limited. The criminal uh, swung, the, swung the bag uh, filled with heavy items, uh, a jar with, uh, you know, who knows, uh, spaghetti sauce and cans, uh, hit the security officer, now retired NYPD guy, in the head, a big welt uh, on his, uh, on his uh, uh, orbital ridge, and uh, broke his glasses. The uh, security officer then, uh, uh, tracking the man outside, attempted to take him into custody. The man was resisting. The security officer took him to the ground. And in New York City, because people that self-identify as liberals are running the place, they actually arrested and jailed the security officer, the retired NYPD officer. It was the uh, New York Port Authority police that arrested the security officer because, you know, every cop is a criminal and all the sinners saints in New York City. And uh, and now we've got a, another one. He spent, I think, seven hours in jail, and he's the villain. He's been charged with assault and other crimes, whereas the you know the mentally ill uh, criminal who assaulted, uh, stole, uh, he's the hero of the story in Democrat Party circles because there's a lot of unwellness out there. Now, today we've got a new story out of New York. Shocking video shows NYC subway passenger putting unhinged man in deadly chokehold. And uh, it is, uh, you know, uh, good luck riding the subway in New York these days. Uh, don't stand near the edge because some Democrat is as likely as not to throw you down onto the third rail or in front of an approaching train. Don't stand there texting, you know, with your toes hanging over the edge. That's good policy uh, anywhere you see a subway. And in, in D.C., you know, I've, like, I've always been rather prudent when it comes to these things. I don't stand on street corners uh, waiting to cross with my toes hanging over the curb because I've seen too many Democrats drive up on the sidewalk um, when trying to turn corners. You know, usually they're texting or smoking crack or they got hookers in the car or something. Um, all right, well, maybe not usually, but often. And that's uh, Washington, D.C. A lot of that stuff goes on. Dramatic new video shows a strap hanger. That's a subway rider, a, a, a passenger, uh, a customer taking matters into his own hands, pinning down an unhinged man in a uh, deadly incident in a Manhattan subway station this week. The 24-year-old passenger stepped in after the vagrant, identified by sources as Jordan Neely, 30 years old, began going on an aggressive rant on a northbound F train Monday afternoon, according to police and a witness who took the video. He starts making a speech freelance journalist Juan Alberto Vasquez said in Spanish during an interview Thursday, excuse me, Tuesday, referring to the disturbed man. He started screaming in an aggressive manner, Vasquez told the New York Post. He said he had no food, he had no drink, and he was tired, and he doesn't care if he goes to jail. You always got to look out for the people that don't care if they go to jail, especially in New York, not a good place to be. He started screaming all these things, took off his jacket, a black jacket he had on, threw it on the ground. That's when he said the strap hanger, another passenger, came up behind Neely and took him to the ground in a chokehold, keeping him there for some 15 minutes, Vasquez said. The approximately three-minute-and-a-half-long video 
I like the phrasing there, the approximately three-minute-and-a-half-long video. Shot by Vasquez shows the blonde subway rider, that means he's white, lying on the floor of the train with his arm wrapped around the man's neck. The man is not white. The train was stopped. The doors were open. At the Broadway Lafayette Street, Bleecker Street station, that's the intersection, where Vasquez said the conductor had called 911. Probably a racist. Neely, who was living on the street and had a history of mental health issues, voted Democrat, lost consciousness after being put in the chokehold. And EMS workers, emergency medical service workers, at the station were unable to revive him, police and law enforcement sources said. The strap hanger, whose sources said is a Marine Corps veteran, was taken into custody and later released without charges. But it's not over yet because AOC, she's a member of Dem- uh, of uh, Congress and a Democrat, and she's on the side of mentally ill, drug-addicted uh, street criminals who are terrorizing the city and practically every city in America. The investigation is ongoing, and authorities uh, were waiting on autopsy results before deciding whether to pursue charges against the younger man. He declined to comment when reached by the Post Tuesday. That's good policy, by the way, saying, I'm not interested in answering any questions. Thank you. Vasquez, who was on his way to Yonkers, who would be on their way to Yonkers, really, at about 2.30 p.m. on Monday, said Neely barged this is uh, Neely, barged onto the train at the 2nd Avenue station and quickly began screaming and yelling at riders. Now, in New York, this is you're supposed to just sit there and not look at him and act like everything's okay and hope that he doesn't kill everybody on the train, prompting many to move away from him. Video taken later shows the man flailing his arms and legs in an effort to free himself from the strap hanger has him in a headlock, and another bystander helps hold him down on the floor of the subway train. See, these are good Samaritans, and it's unfortunate. It is. It's tragic, obviously. The the man died, um, but the city doesn't do their job. The state doesn't do their job, and so everyone is left to fend for themselves in this Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome escape from New York, death wish city that the Democrats are recreating after Rudy Giuliani took it back from the mad mentally ill criminals. The Democrats are now going to take it back from the sane people. It's the great pendulum of left-wing insanity, I guess. He moved his arms, but he couldn't express anything, Vasquez said of Neely. All he could do was move his arms while he was being held down by citizens who wanted to protect the rest of the people on the train and in the subway stop and in the city of New York from the crazy person. And I got him in my neighborhood. You have that You have that John F. Kennedy soundbite. We had it yesterday, but we didn't use the John F. Kennedy. And it's obviously, it's a horrible, tragic story. It's terrible. The man who's mentally ill, who's sick, who shouldn't be left to fend for himself on the streets. But... Uh, and, and he he died, but the the sane, rational, responsible adult citizens in New York City took matters into their own hands because the guy was completely out of control, and there are no police there. The Democrats are anti-police. You know, in Washington D.C., the police chief recently, career D.C. police officer became chief, grew up in Washington D.C. 
Robert Conti III, he left the D.C. police force because, it, it, you know, everybody believes he had had quite enough. And you got these Democrats, the Democrat mayor, Muriel Bowser, and uh, these lunatic anti-Semite city council members who are anti-police and pro-crime and pro-criminal. And we're down hundreds of police officers in Washington, D.C., and we're not a big city like New York. And we're losing 25 to 30 police officers a month, and they can't replace them because nobody wants to join the D.C. Police Department because the city is run by anti-police Democrats who, you know, they have your back long enough to stab it. And that's it. Now... This is, this is pretty crazy stuff, and it's a, a tragic, but this is, you know, citizens of the city are left to fend for ourselves and for themselves. Now, AOC, left-wing radical, not the right thing to do, New York City Mayor Adams calls AOC irresponsible for tweets about subway chokehold killing. And the left-wing radicals at Mediaite typed up the story on behalf of the criminals. New York City Mayor Eric Adams said tweets sent by Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez this week were irresponsible and, quote, not the right thing to do, end quote, after a homeless man was killed in a subway altercation on Monday. The victim, Jordan Neely, was killed when a man he was fighting with put him in a chokehold and held him in the chokehold until he lost consciousness. Disturbing video of the altercation, and there is video of the altercation. Now, AOC dim wit that she is, tweeted out Jordan Neely was murdered. But because Jordan was houseless, they they use the words, but they don't know what they mean. Houseless? Pantless? Just don't say gypsy or birthing person. or uh, Do say birthing person. Don't say pregnant women. Uh, that's This is how mental she is. But because Jordan was houseless and crying for food in a time when the city is raising rents, you know, that, that's a non sequitur if I've ever seen one. You know, they're housing all the illegal aliens that you guys are waving into the country to the point where you, and in Washington, D.C., we no longer have enough hotel rooms to put the illegal aliens into. And, of course, they blame Governor Greg Abbott instead of Joe Biden because they're mental. So the city, first of all, the city uh, isn't raising rents. Right? That's, uh, that's not how this works, but she doesn't understand capitalism. And stripping services to militarize itself while many in power demonize the poor. They're all Democrats. The murderer gets protected with passive headlines plus no charges. And she has a New York Times headline. 30-year-old man died in the subway Monday after he was placed in a chokehold, the police said. Witnesses said the victim had been acting in a hostile and erratic manner. That's So she posts the New York Times headline and then attacks... She says, it's appalling how so many take advantage of, of headlines. It's, it's what she's doing right now. Uh, no, no sense of irony. Re-crime for obsolete, quote, tough on crime, and quote, political media budgetary gain. She is, she is a mental case. But when a public murder happens, uh, protecting themselves and others around them, just don't be a good Samaritan in New York because the Democrats will hang you. The security officer, a retired NYPD officer, is assaulted by a criminal, by a thief, who is doubtless also mentally ill. He appeared to be mentally ill as well. Our city of Washington is full of mentally ill people wandering the streets, screaming at the top of their lungs, assaulting people, 
And AOC is just on a tear on Twitter. But when a public murder happens and reinforces existing power structures, this is uh, Bolshevik rhetoric, those same forces rush to exonerate and look the other way. We shouldn't. This honestly feels like a new low. Well, you're a new low. You know, I I bet she was as bad a bartender as she is a member of Congress. Not being able to clearly condemn a public murder because the victim was of a social status some would deem too low to care about. Is that really what's going on here? No, that's not what's going on here. But this is Democrat, member of the House of Representatives, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Isn't it amazing? Um, There's a John F. Kennedy soundbite that I want to share with you because um, when he was president of the United States, he gave a speech about this topic, sort of. Well, it's related. Mental illness in the United States of America, and I want to, I want to share that with you in uh, just a moment because it does pertain to what's going on in all of our cities. San Francisco, hitting the head with a hammer, Maxwell Silverhammer. Los Angeles, people are fleeing like, uh, like it's a horror film. So what is it about us humans? We love things that raise our blood pressure, don't we? You know, news, politics, talk radio, not this sure, of, of course. We lower blood pressure. Bratwurst, pizza, commuting to work in the morning. How about one thing every day, a 30-second break that cuts the other way? A way to help take control of our health and lower our blood pressure? Well, meet 120 Life. It's a natural juice drink made from pomegranates, tart cherries, cranberries, Listen, full of good stuff that lowers your blood pressure. One eight-ounce bottle a day can help do it, too. Risk-free with their money-back guarantee. Even the thought of it won't stress you out. All you have to do is go to 120life.com. That's 120life.com. Order their two-week trial pack. And when you use the code CHRIS, because you hang with me, you're going to get 15% off. 120life, it's more than just a juice drink. It's a way to take control of your health and your blood pressure. In a world that can sometimes feel a little out of control, we need more stuff like this on Earth, don't we? These statements and products have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or condition. Yeah, AOC is, uh, you know, you're a member of Congress, AOC. You're the one leaving these desperate, destitute, poor, starving, mentally ill people on the street. And then when citizens are forced to take matters into their own hands to defend themselves and others around them, you attack the Good Samaritan. Democrats. You know, I ate when I was a waitress and a bartender, and I eat as a member of Congress. It's called a job. Hey, Chris here with some exciting news. Now you can listen to me live on the WMAL app. Doesn't matter if you're in your car, in the office, on the go. The WMAL app delivers crystal clear, around-the-clock news coverage anywhere with cell service or Wi-Fi. So don't miss a second of your favorite shows. Download the WMAL app today on the Apple App Store or at Google Play Store. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Now, uh, I'm no psychiatrist, but I think I'm onto the problem here. I do live in Washington, D.C., so it would be helpful to be a psychiatrist. In 1963, John F. Kennedy delivered a speech where he talked about the number of people residing in mental institutions, mental hospitals. In 1963, listen to this. With respect to mental illness, our chief aim is to get people out of state custodial institutions and back into their communities and homes without hardship or danger. Today, nearly one-fifth of the 279 state mental institutions are fire and health hazards. Three-fourths of them were opened before World War II. Nearly half of the 530,000 persons in our state mental hospitals are in institutions with over 3,000 patients. Now, uh, 530,000 people in state mental, in- mental institutions in 1963, when the population of the country was about 180 million people. Now we're at 330 million people. And according to multiple sources, the Washington Post, for example, wrote that in 2012, we had about 35,000 people in mental institutions. I found another source saying today... We have about 170,000 residents in inpatient 24-hour residential treatment facilities, meaning mental institutions. So when we had 180 million people in the country, we had 530,000 people in mental institutions. Now with 330 million people in the country, we have on the very high end 170,000 people in mental institutions. I know where the rest of them are. I live in Washington, D.C. A lot of them are in Congress. And the rest of them are wandering the streets of San Francisco and New York and Chicago and Washington, D.C. And the solution for mental illness is not to throw them on the street, to leave them to fend for themselves. Yeah, I think if we had... uh, 530,000 people in mental institutions in 1963 with a population of 180 million. Now with a population of 330 million, and I think there's probably, I I know a lot of Democrats, I live in Washington, there's probably a lot more mental illness now. Should probably have more than a small fraction of that number in mental institutions today. And that's, I don't say that with glee, but if you want to make cities livable and safe for citizens that pay taxes and abide by the law. You want your children to be safe and, dare I say, women to be safe on the streets. But uh, our news media and our Democrat Party, but I repeat myself, and they got these uh, lefties, Newsweek magazine. First of all, they went to the Reverend Al Charlatan for his comment on the Neely uh, dying on the New York subway. Reverend Al Charlatan has demanded. They're always demanding, right? That's, everything's a demand. Everything should be a demand from us, too, from Republicans and from conservative, from normal people. I demand that Al Charlatan go to jail because of his hair. 
I, when I, I want to give him a journalism award, I, I said earlier. I want to have Tawana Brawley present the award to him. She can uh, show us the uh, scars on her body that uh, the Sharpton people put there. Governor Al Charlatan has uh, demanded that Neely's death be investigated as a potential case of manslaughter, if not murder. Right. In a statement, he re- referenced the Bernard Getz case of 1984. That's uh, Those were the good old days for Al Sharpton. When a white gunman was convicted of an offense, a weapons offense, after he shot four black men on a subway train. Uh, they were four criminals who were terrorizing uh, the subway train, but never mind that. And Newsweek gets a bunch of lefties, and they say, well, you can't use his behavior to justify what happened. And nobody's using it to justify what happened. And these are the people that are in charge. You know, they complain about government, and then they become the government, and then they just complain. Just amazing. Amazing stuff. Oh, by the way, um, the uh, individual that uh, was killed, that died... The New York Police Department said that he has a record that included 42 arrests, 42 arrests, dating between 2013 and 2021, 42 arrests. And he's a Democrat voter, and the Democrats make sure that he shows up on Election Day to vote. That's your your Democrat Party in a nutshell. And then they put the crazy, mentally ill, drug-addicted, homeless people out on the street And then when they're so crazy that citizens have to intervene, then they lynch the citizen. The security guard at uh, Walgreens stops the thief, gets beat over the head, huge welt on his head, and he holds the criminal for the police, and the police arrest the security guard and throw him in jail. This is a sock that has been pulled inside out, honestly. And Jane, again, who's on uh, phones today, was just telling me she was at the subway uh, stop um, in uh, in D.C., Columbia Heights, over on 14th Street. And there was a, you know, homeless, mentally ill, whatever, woman standing there panhandling, begging, give me a dollar for a Coke, you know, for a, I want to get a Coke, give me a dollar, give me a dollar. One person handed her a dollar. She took the dollar, tucked it away, then whipped out her crack pipe and lit up the, uh, the crack, just standing there at the subway stop, lit up the crack pipe. You know, uh, Broken Windows Policing, uh, Chief uh, Bratton, uh, Rudy Giuliani. We know how this works, but uh, the left erases all history. And they reinvent it. What? We, uh, we, we learned something in the 1980s about crime after we turned New York City into Death Wish and Taxi Driver and Escape from New York. And then it came back. And it's, you know, Barefoot in the Park, brec- Breakfast at Tiffany's again. Made in Manhattan, and then the Democrats sunk their teeth into it again, and now we're going back to Death Wish and Escape from New York and Taxi Driver because Democrats. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 42 arrests, right? And he's loose on the street, and then when uh, a an ex-Marine uh, stops him from terrorizing, uh, and it's a, it's a terribly unfortunate situation, but I got to tell you, uh, AOC is as responsible for this, and Democrat Mayor Eric Adams, they're as responsible for this as the Marine that that held the guy down, wanting to hold him for place while the 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 man driving the train called 911 because they've got this terrorist on board. You're a Democrat party. Isn't it amazing? 
All right, let's. Uh, I haven't gone to a, a telephone call in a little bit. Let's uh, let's go. And then I, I want to get um, I want to get to the border because the Democrats are wrecking our country, and uh, it's by design. You know, it's the fundamental transformation of America, and you better learn to speak Spanish because the Democrats have a plan. It's Barack Obama and Bernie Sanders. It's all of them. Hillary Clinton. Uh, I was talking to my best girl yesterday, day before yesterday. One of the great historic services that Donald John Trump provided to the world was keeping Hillary Clinton from becoming president of the United States. Huge. Changed the trajectory of human history, literally. Uh, let's go to Ken calling from Sarasota, Florida. Ken, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Hi, Chris. Hey, Ken. How are you? I'm just great. Oh, good. You know, one of my favorite sayings that you say is the, the press and their, their greatest power is the power to ignore. That's right. And, well, what what has happened to the Paul Pelosi story? Did I miss something? Uh, no, it, it kind of went the way of the uh, Nashville transgender massacre story at the Christian school and the manifesto, which the... <laughs> The Nashville police yesterday announced, oh, we're not releasing that anytime soon. And the FBI, we were told, had it, and they were going to release it. But they're not releasing it, I think, Ken, because it's bad news for the pro-transgender mass murder narrative and agenda of the Democrat Party. And the Paul Pelosi story, I think he, you know, he showed up at Joe Biden's State of the Union and everybody clapped. I think he's back probably at their vineyard, and uh, I, I think he's fine uh, and what happened to the guy that beat him over the head? You might want to know that too, right, Ken? Yeah, exactly. Him too. I haven't heard a word of him. So I guess that's a good example of what you say. I uh, The way I say it, Ken, is the most insidious power the media has is the power to ignore. What happened to the man arrested outside of the uh, home of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh about a mile from this radio station, uh, and he was going to murder he had a plot to murder three Supreme Court justices, and he was arrested and taken away. He's another Democrat voter. What happened to the leaker of the Dobbs decision from the Supreme Court, who is doubtless a, uh, I, I think, a clerk for Sonia Sotomayor, a woman? I, I think I could narrow it down to two suspects in a day. And, you know, the Obama administration used the FBI to grab phone records from people when there were leaks in the newspaper about much smaller matters. And the FBI went and arrested the U.S. government employees that leaked to the press. And they seized the phone records of news reporters like James Rosen, who is now at Newsmax TV, uh, James Risen, who is a, a New York Times reporter, got James Rosen's parents' phone records because they were getting to the bottom of a leak that the uh, Obama White House didn't like. Now, that didn't lead to assassins showing up at the homes of government officials, whereas this Supreme Court leak did. And somehow the FBI didn't jump in to get the phone records uh, and find out who the leaker was because it's some rich girl who uh, got a job with, uh, I, my guess is, Sonia Sotomayor as a clerk in the Supreme Court. And uh, if she were found out, she would likely be disbarred and have to get a job as a journalist at MSNBC, right, Ken? Uh, exactly. I mean, it sounds like this stuff's just buried deeper than Jimmy Hoffa. It, it's a fact. You know, the, uh, the news media is, 
is very, very corrupt, and our, our unfortunately, our Justice Department is very, very corrupt. And honestly, Chief Justice uh, Roberts should have called in the FBI to get to the bottom of this leak so they could grab phone records. Uh, it's we had Josh Gerstein at the Politico, who I spoke to the other night at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, and he used to work at CNN when I was at CNN. Josh Gerstein was the guy that got the leak. So all you have to do is get Josh Gerstein's records, and you're going to get his phone. And they do it all the time when the Democrats do, when they want to get to the bottom of something and and uh, and stop leaks that are politically inconvenient for the uh, Obama White House. They spied on everybody, and they use the FBI all the time for this sort of thing. And it would be oh, yeah. easy. I'd get to the bottom of this in a day. I really Just give me the authority to do it, and I'd get to the bottom of this in a day. Let me go. I tried to call you about six months ago. Do you remember when uh, Nancy, Nancy, the lovely Mrs. P, showed had the picture of her in front of her freezers, her ten thousand dollar freezers? I do. do yeah, that? yeah, and her eighteen dollar uh, pints of ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. About that time, if you remember, she wanted to, when she said she was retired, she wanted to be Secretary of Italy. Secretary, do you remember that? Secretary of Italy. Uh, ambassador, to- ambassador to Italy. Or whatever it was. Do you remember she she said that right about the time those pictures of those freezers came out? And I well, I think I know why. Why? She loves gelato. Well, it's true. She got to go to Italy and get uh, there's gelato on every uh, on every corner. You know, look, uh, she's got all the gelato she wants. She's got a vineyard and she's got uh, she's got everything uh, she could ever want. Yeah, but what happened to the Nicholas Roski story? Remember uh, the the news media coverage of uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, who defended himself against violent criminals and a, a serial child rapist, uh, Democrats all, uh, at the riot in uh, Wisconsin. The Democrats were rioting. Uh, a 17-year-old community lifeguard showed up, wanted to protect civilization. Uh, he's attacked by the serial child rapist and two other lunatics. He defends himself, and the new- news media was all over it like it was September 11th. And then we got Nicholas Roski. Uh, who's, you know, Googling stabbing methods and he's got a gun and ammo and kidnapping tools. He's outside of the home of Justice Brett Kavanaugh. He's arrested, find out he wanted to murder three justices. And that story just poof. Most insidious power the news media has is the power to ignore. Where is Nis- Nicholas Roski? What happened to the, the coverage? You know, they didn't cover any of the funerals of the children at the Christian school that was attacked by the transgender mass murderer in Nashville. They didn't cover the funerals of the people murdered by the transgender mass murderer in Colorado Springs at Club Q. They they didn't cover the next transgender would-be mass murderer in Colorado Springs that had the plans for two different schools where he was planning on massacring students and and presumably adults at two different schools. You know, then uh, honestly, uh, oh, and we found out just a few minutes ago that Enrique Tario uh, and a total of four members of the Proud Boys have been found guilty now of sedition and conspiracy, and uh, they're looking at a long time in prison now. And that you, you notice they've changed Enrique Tario's name to Henry because they want him to sound less ethnic because they're racists. Four Proud Boys convicted of sedition in key January 6th case. And the news media couldn't be more excited. The uh, ex-Proud Boys leader, 
Tario, guilty, January 6th sedition plot. Now, again, this lunatic on the subway train was, he had 42 prior arrests, and he's mentally ill, and he's wandering the streets of New York and the subways, threatening and menacing, good, decent, God-fearing, well, it's New York, um, you know, tax-paying, they're definitely tax-paying, citizens of New York, 42 arrests, and he's loose on the street. But Enrique Tario, who I believe wasn't even there, right? I think he wasn't even there. And he's a black Cuban, and they keep trying to strip him of his ethnicity and his race. Uh, They say he identifies as black. Yeah, so does Barack Obama. Former Proud Boys leader Enrique Terrio and three other members of the far-right extremist group. They're not a far-right extremist group. They're just not. I uh, were convicted Thursday of a plot to attack the U.S. Capitol in a desperate bid to keep Donald Trump in power after the Republican lost the 2020 presidential election. This is um, your Associated Press, which is followed by news organizations all over the world. A jury in Washington, D.C., all leftists, found Tario guilty of seditious conspiracy after hearing from dozens of witnesses over more than three months Honestly, three months. Uh, How about the uh, people that laid siege to the White House for multiple days, injured 180 federal police officers, and there were scores of D.C. police officers injured too. They trashed, they set St. John's Church on fire. They tried to tear down the statue of Andrew Jackson in Lafayette Park. They, They forced the evacuation by the Secret Service of the president and the first family from the White House residence to the nuclear bunker. And are any of those people in jail? I believe the answer is no. I don't believe a single one of them is in jail. We have a corrupt country, a corrupt city, a corrupt federal government, a corrupt D.C. government. And uh, now, I mean, honestly, if if all these people that looted and plundered and burned Washington, D.C. and set the Church of the Presidents on fire, if they were all sitting in jail right now, I would say, well, you know, equal justice under law, as it says over the entrance to the Supreme Court. Unfortunately, I can't say that because it wouldn't be true. You're listening to The Chris Plant Show. CNN apparently has a uh, woman who poses as a journalist, goes by the name of Caitlin Polance. And a short time ago, announcing the conviction of uh, black Cuban American uh, patriot who they call an extreme right winger, uh, Enrique Tario, who the media calls Henry because they're trying to strip him of his ethnic status. Uh, they announced, and uh, listen to this because it's uh, what I said. Four Proud Boys leaders have been found guilty by a jury of seditious conspiracy in a major case that the Justice Department brought after January 6th. Those include uh, Enrique Tario, the leader of the Proud Boys, who was not in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. So that makes him very unique among many of the January 6th defendants. Uh, It makes him very unique. Well, you're either unique or you're not. You can't really be any more unique than unique. You can't be very unique. If you're unique, you're done, all right? That's it. You're one of a kind. He's very one of a kind. That's, uh, that's you know, that's uh, silly, uh, grammatically, journalistically. 
Uh, but there it is. And he wasn't even in Washington at the time, but he was convicted. And there are four of them, which reminded me that there were uh, during a Proud Boys rally in Washington, D.C., which I may have told, I know I told, I talked about on the, on the radio, four Proud Boys were stabbed in Washington, D.C. by Black Lives Matter murderers, including a woman who's also African-American, by the way, Bevelyn Beatty, a friend of the terrible racist extreme right winger Enrique Tarrio, who's black Cuban, and he was there with his uh, friend, a, a woman, Bevelyn Beatty. Uh, those two, plus two more members of the Proud Boys, were stabbed, not by each other, but by Democrats. And uh, where's the trial for the people that stabbed them? Where's the trial for the person that said that set the church of the presidents on fire? Uh, honestly. And uh, gosh, I, I was down uh, with my best girl. We, went, we You know, we love a parade. So we... Try to go down. They, they made them so violent that the Democrats did that they stopped being fun. But we were uh, down there uh, during you know, some left wing uh, burning cars, smashing windows, looting places, attacking people event that the Democrat Party had organized and thrown. And the Proud Boys were out on the street wearing their yellow jackets with the black stuff. And we're walking by and we're walking by. And everything's perfectly mellow because they're perfectly mellow. And... Um, and I'm walking by, and there was a young uh, kid in the with the Proud Boys who was wearing the yellow jacket and the black trim and whatever. And as I'm walking by, we made eye contact. He was probably a 19-year-old guy. And as I'm walking by, he stuck out his fists, you know, to do a, a like a fist bump as I'm just walking by. And I'm making eye contact with him. So I gave him, I'm walking by, he's on my left. So I gave him a left-hand uh, fist bump, and I said something like, you know, what's up? And he said, the West is the best. And I said, yes, it is. Now, I always, I always forget to mention, he was, uh, he was a black guy, the, uh, the Proud Boys. 19, uh, you know, I'm going to say 19-year-old guy, lean, wearing his uh, Proud Boy garb. And he said, the West is the best. That's what Jim Morrison said. Gave him a fist bite. And he's black. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.